0: Nice article in the Managing Madrid uh, blog, They're wonderful lads that do a great job there, and it's worth reading about that man
1: there, so he better my needs the rest and the numbers Managing Madrid Podcast. This is your host, Gabe Lesra, and we are here just to do a real short, quick, down and dirty episode. Um, you're getting more content in the coming days about a lot of other important stuff. But um joining me today to talk about literally the stupidest shit possible. Omar Vind, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm glad that
0: I haven't been here on in a while, and then I come back on and it's to discuss the stupidest shit possible. It is you know, absolutely I, I, the stupidest shit possible. <laughs> I, I know where my value lies, and it's in discussing this kind of thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, me too. I mean, Keon uh, keeps bringing on all these expert guests and not inviting us. And then he's like, hey, Gabe, why don't you come on and, and we're going to talk about transfer gossip and this bullshit or whatever. <laughs> so why don't we just cut out the middleman and go ahead and uh, do it ourselves? <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's what we're here to talk about. Just the transfer bullshit, just gossip, dumb, dumb stuff, uh, which is great. We love it. Um, in particular, I think. Uh, the big, I think, Real Madrid news of the last couple of weeks or the last couple of days, I guess, uh, has been Florentino Perez's just absolutely unexpected, personally, out, out of nowhere trip to Canada. And right now, Real Madrid are in Montreal, apparently, which I, I mean, whatever, I guess it, that's fine. Um, and he just apparently went to, according to us, so like take, you know take that with a grain of salt, but apparently he went to talk to all of the players that he wants them to leave to sell and basically just to tell them to get the fuck out, which is pretty funny. It It's funny
0: because it's almost like, like so ruthless and so brutal, but like, you know, I feel like players would prefer that kind of, right? Just tell me straight up, because there have been times, right, where, you know, like, we defend Florentino a lot on this podcast, but there have been times where I feel like Florentino has handled these things rather poorly, like with Ozil like kinda like leaking these like bad rumors about him, like, you know, that, you know, that you could say maybe that's like not as direct and maybe that's less painful or whatever, but in the end it ends up being messier. I don't think the players respect that. But if you go up and tell them, hey, here's the deal. I don't feel that I need you anymore, you know, here here's the path forward. It'll. I think as if if you put yourself in a player's shoes, that that's kind of shocking. It's kind of a slap to the face. Yeah. But I think you can also respect that
1: more. Yeah, I don't. I mean, look, you're not wrong. I, I think it's actually much more professional to just, yeah, hear straight away. Like, look, man, we are going to try to move you. I, I hope you understand. Um, you've been an incredible help, and an incredible, uh, you know, asset to our. Uh, our organization, um, we've loved having you, all this stuff. But as it, a business decision, as a as a player decision, it's time for us to move on. Um, rather than like just going out of nowhere and contracting someone else in their position without telling them.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's kind of uh, like the Moneyball thing, right? Like in, I, I'm guessing a lot of us have seen that movie. Hopefully, so we understand this reference. But like, you know. The, the main manager or whatever hires this yeah, yeah, just yeah. Like, you know elite data guy and then you they have this one conversation about like how do you let players go and basically the manager is like you just gotta sit it sit them down and, and tell them straight right because that's what players prefer they just want to know and so yeah yeah I mean, and then the players like yeah
1: fuck like what am I gonna do like my kid just started school and then yeah. he's like the guy's like oh I'm sorry and then the guy's like you're sorry like what the <laughs> fuck and like it's, it's a great scene but. The players do – we would much rather want to know that that's what's going on than mm-hmm. to basically just have this happen behind their back. And I do respect – I mean res- I've always respected Laurentino, but I think this is one of the um, examples of how Real Madrid conducts this business. But let's get into the people that actually were mentioned by us as, you know, having – Well, it's uh, like everyone being... basically. <laughs> right. So let's just, let's just go through this list. <laughs> Uh, So I'm looking here and I'm seeing Hamas, who is – I didn't even know that Hamas was there, but apparently he is. So Hamas, Lucas Vazquez, Mariano, Mayoral, Bale, Kaylor Navas, um, and they have advanced talks with clubs to uh, take Dani Ceballos and Jesus Vallejo on loans. So – Basically, literally every single player that Madrid wants out is mentioned in this article, which is, I mean, if he's going there to talk to them, fair. That's exactly who he should be talking to. But it it strikes me that they're like, yeah, the purpose of this trip was to get these guys to go. And uh, here are all of the guys that are going to go. <laughs> yeah, it is. I, I do wonder
0: how much to like – I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I I genuinely don't know how to tell. But, like, I, I, I just get my, my guts telling me that, like, if us had more details, they probably would have only mentioned two or three players. Because for Florentino, like, I don't know. It just seems like a lot to talk to all of them. Right because I don't think we're going to necessarily have deals with all of them. And it's a bit risky, right? Like if we can't get rid of all of them, it's not exactly the greatest thing to like walk up to them and be like, Hey, I want you to get out. So like, I, I feel like Florentino would mainly only do that with guys. Like for example, yeah. Vallejo and Ceballos, who it's like, Hey, we're pretty far advanced with these talks, you know?
1: And I think this deal is going to go down. And I, I just want to tell you, but also <laughs> like you're part of our future. I mean, like, that's what, one of the things I like about, the Dani Ceballos and Vallejo and things like, we haven't given up on you. We're making these loan deals because we think for the immediate present, the best thing for your development and for the club is for you to go on loan. Um, especially with Ceballos, um, I think sending him to somewhere like AC Milan, which has been the team that he's been rumored to be going to, he really would be almost instantly slotted in as an absolute ace player for them and and run that it should should be running that ship and then with Bayeko, I mean he needs to prove to Real Madrid that he can get through a season without being injured and he can't do that if he is constantly coming off the bench so like if he comes off the bench and gets injured it's not obvious that you know in my view it's not obvious that well this is the, the this isn't just like a out of use injury type thing. Like if you, oh, I, I haven't run in a while, or I haven't been played a full game in a while, and suddenly you get injured when you try. Uh, he needs to go to a club that'll give him those minutes, and if he can get through that season without the injury issues, then I think Real Madrid can be very confident in him coming back and uh, and being able to do these things now. We've also mentioned, and As mentions, a number of people are are talking about Real Madrid straight sales and the the money that they want to raise. So right now, Madrid has already raised a number of, you know, quite a bit of money from their straight sales, straight sales that we haven't liked, right? I mean, we've got... Kovacic, Llorente, um, Teo Hernandez, and Raul de Tomas, I, I think that there's essentially one of those four signings that I've actually, there are, you know departures that I've actually been okay with personally, which is Teo. <laughs> All yeah. of the other ones I thought were unnecessary. Perhaps Raul de Tomas, um, but I would have much rather seen him with a buyback option at least. Um, and then the other two, I would certainly have, uh, uh, I certainly would not have let go um, the only reason I guess that Kovacic is is gone is that he actually really wants to stay at Chelsea, which, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so this is what kind of confuses me,
0: right? That Ceballos' name is constantly being brought up, right? So if, if Kovacic was staying, I I could kind of get it right. Like we we, we signed Ceballos when we had Kovacic and Kovacic was higher up in in the squad order and Ceballos, at least I looked at it and I was like, how is this man going to get playing time? But now that Kovacic is gone, it's like, uh, I mean, I feel like we need some squad depth, right? And I, I know the club is thinking yeah. we're, we're going to sign Pogba or Eriksen. But then you're looking and saying, oh, Valverde is our main rotation option. And, like, I know many Madridistas have a lot of faith in Valverde, especially in the defensive midfield position for some reason. But, like, we just don't have a sample size. Like, I've said this so many times with Keon over and over again, you know, I'm not saying we should give up on Valverde at all, but for him to be your primary backup option when you don't have that sample size is not good planning to me. You know, with Ceballos, we just know Ceballos is a better player at this point. And he also, we also know he has like, he's, he's also a different type of player than Valverde. He's better technically. He has more quality in the final third. You know, he can slice open defenses with, with, with those, with those screwballs from the left half space. Like, why are we getting rid of him exactly when we've got rid of Kovacic? Modric is clearly declining. Like, I, even with the Pogba or Ericsson signing, I, I feel like we need him. So, I mean, I don't really get that. Maybe yeah. this is just us throwing that name up in the air. But keep pe- lots of people and lots of papers and lots of journalists have been talking about Zabaios going for a long time. So, I don't think that's just random. And it confuses me a little yeah, bit.
1: Yeah, no, no. I... I'm almost certain that what we're seeing here is a situation where Ceballos will go on loan, and it's because there is enough there for Madrid to want him long-term. I just – it is a little baffling. I mean, maybe it's that he himself doesn't want to get into a situation where he is the primary backup, and he feels like he's in a position in his career where he wants to be playing full-time, which I guess is fair. I mean, Kovacic probably has the same feeling. Although, I mean – Frankly, if it were up to me, Madrid wouldn't have left let Kovacic go at all to anyone. He was such a promise. He remains such a promising player. He didn't have as good a season as I expected at Chelsea, but that doesn't mean that like Madrid should have given up on him, anyways. But so, and and also, there's another second premise here that we're we're missing, which is that I mean, bringing in Pogba and or Ericsson I mean let's just say that we miss out on Pogba which is very possible because the United is upping its asking price um it appears that they're not willing to take other people in the deal uh there's a number of other things going down here and and also also Juve is flirting with Pogba to try to get him I mean if I were Juve I would be flirting with everyone because you have like maybe a two-year window before you're not going to win again for a while uh I mean if Madrid goes out and ends up this season with Ericsson, what you've ended up with is basically just another, you know, attacking mid winger type player and not a long term center midfield option.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, Kian and I discussed like in in length about all like what, what was Zidane's plans for essential midfielders. And with Ericsson, essentially, I'm confident that like he could do all the offensive duties. Like, I think he adapted really well to like coming deep, you know, positioning himself correctly, like, you know, adapting to like the type of pressure that'll be applied to you when you're closer to goal, as opposed to between the lines. It's, it's defensive transition that I'm worried about. And like Pochettino, I don't think was too worried about it. Right. Because we're talking about one of the best pressing coaches in the world. One of the best overall tactical coaches in the world. He had a cohesive system that defended the counterattack. With Zidane, the greatest technical weakness has always been defending the counterattack. We've never seen a consistent counter press. Like, I, I'm not even sure we've seen it in three games straight. So, and, and that was yeah. that, as we say over and over again, the most underrated thing about Modric is how he helped just knit together, like just plug a bunch of different holes next to Casemiro on the counterattack. and can Ericsson do that i'm not so sure so and sabayas has 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 a lot of energy i mean he's not a defensive mastermind or anything but he has better legs than Ericsson. he's probably a little more useful you know than Ericsson defensively on the counter attack so like and and this is not this is not me saying no, don't sign Ericsson, but like if you're going yeah. to it makes even more sense that we have like that backup option
1: so I want to bring up one other rumor. So now that just moving moving forward in terms of a sale, another sale, um, Madrid has been in close talks with Napoli to sign Hamas Rodriguez, but Marca um, again, who it's not clear. I mean, again, just just remember to judge for yourself what these sources really are. Marca is reporting that actually the team most likely to come in and get Hamas is Atletico, and Atletico Madrid is. Uh, a team very well posed to come in and get get him for for you know a substantial and actually pay Madrid's asking price, um, given the fact that they've had an injection of cash from some of their own sales, um, and are and he would be filling a position of need for them. Uh, frankly, I think this is a just a tremendously bad idea for Real Madrid.
0: <laughs> I mean, anyone anyone who tries to say this is a good idea should. They should never be allowed to talk about it <laughs> ever again. If I mean, if you're saying this as a Real Madrid fan, if you're an Atletico Madrid fan, yeah, you should 100% be saying this is a good idea. But, like, and I don't think there is any Madridista out there. Like, you know, I I I I I think that's just a straw man. Like, I haven't yet met a Magda that thinks, oh, wow, this is amazing for us. Like, I was super unhappy about Llorente going to Atletico Madrid. Keon kind of half convinced me, you know, it was out of respect to Llorente and stuff. But, like, I mean, I I didn't completely... I, it's not that I didn't buy that. I thought, okay, if you're going to force Llorente out like this, then just do the whole way. Don't go halfway. Like, pretend to be nice or something like that. With James, like... To me it would be even worse like maybe way they, worse i they, they desperately need someone who can you know carry that attack carry that creative burden in the absence of griezmann and Hamas won't do it in exactly the same way but he's he's been so used to that at colombia
1: like Hamas can yeah, play that 100% role a hundred percent will be able to come in and and not fill the exact void left by griezmann but absolutely provide the Atletico attack with teeth that it really looked like it was about to lack with Griezmann's departure. Can we just talk really quickly, though, about how funny the Griezmann situation is? Because <laughs> uh, so Barcelona has apparently tried to activate Griezmann's release clause. Uh, Atletico Madrid has sued them and sued Griezmann uh, with FIFA because reasons because well i mean because griezmann hasn't showed up to their training and barça and griezmann are arguing that the release clause was activated now as far as i understand the issue is that release clauses exist not as like a continuum where you have an agreement that Eventually, you get that money down the line after a couple of years, like a lot of these payments are made in installments right so like when you when when Juve bought Cristiano Ronaldo, my understanding is that there was like a three year installment plan where they were paying thirty five million or whatever a year to Real Madrid but That's not the way that release clauses work. Release clauses are not installments. You have to have that money right up front, and you have to just inject that money directly into the bank account of the team who owns the player's contract. And if you don't do that, then the release clause is not activated. So Barcelona has been saying, yeah, we've paid the release clause. We're doing it in installments. But that's not how (laughs) release clauses work, and Griezmann hasn't shown up. And actually, it looks to me, if it were me, I would say no. He's an absolutely, he's still an Atletico Madrid player. If you aren't, if you're not paying the clause, then you're you're not ending the contract. That's it. Game over. Barcelona
0: is like, they're basically acting like he's their player, right? Like they released a video, you know, of like something about second chances or something with Griezmann or something. Like I honestly lost track like, yeah. b- because Barcelona are basically acting like, oh, he, he's here. That's it. It's done. And Atletico is like, wait, hold up.
1: Right. They're like, wait, hold up. We don't have that money, right? Like it's not in our bank account. That's the whole point of the release clause is that you get absolutely get that money right away. It's not a long-term thing. It's like we, we have a contract with this guy. He's our. This is our contract. You have to buy the contract out, and absent an agreement with us, to, for you to pay over a long period of time, the this contract says that this is how this works. Why does everything with Griezmann
0: have to be so fucking weird, man? Like, I, has anything because <sighs> he himself is such a weirdo. He's so has, weird. Has anything normal happened to him, like over the past, like ever since he left Real Sociedad, like? you know you have the blackface thing you know you have like his weird (laughs) his fake move that he was gonna do last season and now we have this like yeah we had
1: the the last year the decision fucking (laughs) instagram video or whatever where he then the decision was like actually i'm gonna wait a year like (laughs) (laughs) it's
0: i this is just a strange guy and honestly that considering the characters Barcelona have picked up like he just he's gonna fit right in
1: he's gonna fit right in yeah I gotta tell you and I know this as a Real Madrid fan I know this is like really taboo to say but like I um I think it would slap if Barcelona also got Neymar (laughs) like they that they like got Neymar from from PSG and you combined that I mean like they'd be really good no doubt like I'm not it's just that let's imagine like combining like all of the different insane people into one team. I mean, <laughs> Griezmann doing his like fucking like blackface shit, and Luis Suarez biting people and being racist, and Neymar being a rapist, and like there's there's Messi who's like doing just kind of sitting there while all these other guys are doing cool stuff or like or not cool but doing this incredibly weird and criminal shit around him, and he's like. I'm literally too stupid to understand this, <laughs> which was his. Not, I'm not him shitting on him. I'm not, but that was his defense in court. So you can, if you're a Barça fan listening to this, you shouldn't be. But if you are, you can, <laughs> you can look that up. That was his defense. I'm, I'm too stupid to understand the tax laws. My dad did this, uh, so I, I mean, it would kind of slap. Also, I'm not convinced that Neymar can go a full season without being injured anymore. So, yeah.
0: Listen, I hear you, but I still don't want that. Mainly because it's just—it just, be really it's, good. It's just too damn risky, man. Like, what if Neymar? Even even if Neymar has like two thirds of his season, right? Like, it's if you look at the way Barcelona's squad is constructed, it doesn't really make sense to me. Like this whole Griezmann signing. Like it feels a lot like Coutinho in that like Barca just did it because they could. And even with Coutinho, at least from a, what I've heard from Barcelona fans, and this is pretty overwhelming when he was signed is that they said he was going to be a replacement for Iniesta. I am super by that at the time, but I also didn't think it was like the dumbest argument ever. But with Griezmann, it's like, he's not really replacing anyone. He plays in the same spaces as Messi. It's like they're just doing it because they can. And, and I, they're doing it because they just oh we're gonna out talent everyone we're gonna have so much talent we're just gonna win games that way and if Neymar came that just like heightens their ability to do that and get away with like a complete lack of like tactical structure and whatever blah 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 which will probably still hurt them in the Champions League but that that maybe means another
1: league they'll be tough in La Liga yeah yeah and it turns it makes it it makes La Liga much tougher because suddenly you're rotating a squad. Where the guy you're rotating in is Griezmann, right? Like, who, right? You're sitting, I mean, if you're looking at that attacking Trident or attacking four, because I think that the only way this makes sense is somehow Barcelona go to a 4 2 4 or something. But like, if you're looking at these, this group of people, you're still rotating in one of these like top 10 type players. So it's going to make La Liga even harder for Real Madrid. Um, And especially given Real Madrid's incredible willingness to jettison talent. Uh, to jettison people, right? Who would who would otherwise bring depth and could anchor a potential B team type squad that would be able to help them win La Liga. Uh, in in order to you know just go and get like another big piece of talent. That being said, Barcelona, it it, it kind of it, I know this like it, we're still talking about this, but it, like it's it's still kind of funny that Barcelona, this team that like has always been oh well we are morally superior, we do all these, like, we, we have the Cantera, we, like, bring people up the right way, like, we have all this good shit, are now the team literally creating the Galácticos. Like, this is modern. If they bring in Griezmann and Neymar, this is the equivalent of Real Madrid signing Michael Owen. It's the same fucking thing. If there's no difference in my mind between bringing in uh, Griezmann at this point assuming Neymar also comes and Madrid bringing in Michael Owen during that period. The thing about Barcelona's
0: whole philosophy that people, I I feel like still don't get, but mostly did not understand at the time is they thought it was really this whole juego de posición. We do it the right way. We bring up for the Academy. Like they thought that was an institutional thing when really it was about two guys. It was about Cruyff and Pep. And once Pep left, all of that went away. I mean, part of that is that the some of the people coming out of out of La Masia just aren't that talented. But that whole philosophy, we play in this certain way, we sign to fit that, like, that went away with Pep. It was really a lot more about just two guys bringing their philosophy, and it hasn't actually yeah. lasted institutionally. Now, to say this to a Barcelona fan, is like, you know, to, it's a huge slap to their face. They probably won't accept it. I mean, they, a lot of Barca fans are saying, oh, the president is ruining that, but there's still this overall belief that Barca is that way I mean, it's not. Like, there's there's no evidence since Pep left that there's any kind of like institutional you know support or there's anything within the institution that promotes playing this way that through the signings, blah, blah, blah. That was just one guy. Barcelona in fact, has, has spent more than Real Madrid in transfer since they've been they've just been the Galacticos ever since, right? Like it there's been no evidence yeah. of like anything else.
1: And in fact, we've seen La Masia Prada. I mean, like, not to 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 rub this in more than we already have. We've seen La Masia products at when their contracts are up decide to come and and play for Real Madrid, play for La Fabrica, right? Like they, this the, the classic example is Kubo. Kubo was, you know, and, and remains widely touted as arguably the, the best prospect to come out of Asia in a generation. Uh, and he played in La Ma- He grew up in La Masia. They called him Japanese Messi. Everyone knew him. And as soon as he turned eighteen and his contract ended, he said, "Yeah, I'm gonna go sign for Castilla." Yeah, it's. I mean, it's crazy. It it, it is. I I I
0: can't say I feel for Barcelona fans. Like, I'm sorry. I don't have that much empathy. But I do. No. Under, I do. I do understand their frustration with the management because it is. A, it's a poorly managed club. That is getting by by just having Messi and just having enough talent around him. But to go ahead and win the Champions League, it's pretty clear that at least with this stage, with the level of teams that exist across Spain, like across yeah. the continent, you need something more than that. You need like you need real tactics. You need a balanced mm-hmm. squad. So maybe maybe they get the league again. But we and- know like. Messi himself said the Champions League is what he wants. And Barcelona also, fans basically told us it has no meaning without the Champions League. And
1: also, like, frankly, and after another disaster in the Copa America, I think it's beginning to be fair to critic- or question whether Messi has that kind of big game killer mentality that he needs to be like the guy that you build this entire squad around. And maybe what Barcelona is doing is looking for... Uh, that guy who will not kind of shit it out in the big games. I mean, I'm not look like look. He's still messy. He's still going to do all these things. But like, you know, that it's it is a absolute. I mean, both a travesty and a hilarity to me that Argentina has not managed to win a single trophy despite having arguably the best forward line in all of international sports. And a lot of that is because of Messi not stepping up in the times that he needs to step up. And I think that maybe what's going on is Barcelona trying to build a, a, or trying to fill a talent gap in exactly that scenario by getting the players that perform at that elite level at the right time. Um, And I think Griezmann for all, all the talk and all the genuine weirdness about him is, is sort of like that. He does show up. He showed up in the world cup final. He showed up in, you know, almost every big game Atlético has played in, I I I do respect him for that. Um, I also I also wanted to talk about the fact that Neymar. So there's this amazing idea right now that Neymar is seeing the kind of criminality <laughs> that is coming out of uh, PSG that he himself is facing rather significant personal liability for his pretty clear crimes that he committed while in Paris, Uh, not just um, the uh, alleged rape, but also from the, I mean, pretty clear kind of financial crimes that his father, again, alleged financial crimes that his father was committing to get him to PSG in the first place. And I think what he really wants is a way out of Paris and a way out of this situation that is Really, really, really touching on his personal liability to the extent that he actually could be in serious legal jeopardy if he stays in that country for very much longer. And if I were him, I would want a institutional team like Barcelona behind you because if you're the team that's behind you is a state-run team like the, like PSG, it's owned by Qatar, right? If the team behind you is is PSG and suddenly you know you're an immense liability because and and the entire reason this state owns this team is to get you know soft power in the world it's I mean if I'm the person like in charge of the state department at Qatar or whatever or like whatever king or royal family right member that is in charge of making the decisions of how to how to wield our soft power. I would I would cut bait with Neymar instantly. It would be wouldn't even be a tough question for me. It's like, yeah, this is not worth our investment. We're not going to back this guy up. We're not going to be there for him and we're not going to like spend our resources to defend him. We're going to just cut bait and we're going to run. And I I think if I'm Neymar, I'm seeing that and I'd much rather be at a team like Barcelona who when that shit goes down, I mean, they have so much invested in him that they probably will not want to cut bait and they'll want to stick it out with their guy, just like Juve did when the Cristiano stuff happened.
0: Yeah, I that those are very valid points. I mean, also, I mean, this was kind of a while back. I don't know if there any been any updates on this, but there were rumors that Cutler basically had lost interest in their PSG investment because they thought they would have won the Champions League by now. And they're basically like, okay, this isn't really going to happen. We signed all these players. Like Neymar has been unreliable. And what I heard was that They were essentially going to start cutting back basically the ridiculous amounts of funding they were putting in and starting to back away from this PSG project, which hasn't exactly panned out in the way that they thought it would. If anything, right, like the PSG project has brought a negative light onto them, you know. Obviously still, I mean, the the World Cup the abuses they've committed to build the World Cup stadiums is their number one PR problem. But it, PSG has not turned out to be that, to, to, to provide that soft power that you're talking about. And so if that's right. also the case that they want to withdraw from the team and stuff, like Neymar has even larger incentives. Not just because, oh, they might cut him, but because, oh, if somehow they keep me and I stay... We're not really going to be that great of a team anymore. We're not going to have the finances to move on, and if yeah. we haven't won already. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to win in
1: the future here. So I got to get out. Yeah, there's there's been a lot of reporting that the Qatar government is looking at their investments in sport and feeling that there that the soft power that they imagine coming from it. And when we say soft power, there is actually a very tec- technical definition. If you want, you can go look it up. But really, the soft power, you know, soft power is. Uh, power, you know, non-military power. So basically, power to influence culture and thought and the actions of other nations based on the power of your culture and and your your influence uh, in in and there's non-military a history, there's a ways. History
0: of countries using football to do this. It, yes, it's not just Qatar, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> but there. So there's a lot of reporting coming out right now that Qatar does not feel that their investment in sport is leading to the soft power, like to their Im, Im, like. The kind of increase in soft power that they would have expected, uh, a lot of it has to do with, I think, the really negative reporting about the World Cup. That basically, you know, they, maybe they used a bunch of slaves who died and <laughs> there was a huge controversy about that and they violated a bunch of human rights. And, you know, then on top of it, the controversy of, the, of them actually getting awarded the World Cup where we now have Michel Platini literally being arrested from his home in Paris. So like we were in this situation I mean, where in set or literally cannot come to the United States because he'll be arrested. Like they are in the, in the center of that scandal as well. And now they're in the middle of a situation with, with PSG where like the French authorities are investigating FIFA's investigating and this kind of massive star player is, is tied up in, in a major rape, mm-hmm. uh, uh, allegation and and, an investigation in his home country so it's it's just you're if you're if you're a cutter i mean how do you how do you how do you stay in this in this business basically you just got to get out man got to get out like and i and so i get it um i get i get their decision to do that now what that means long term for the health of psg is, is different because i think psg might also just be in like kind of a vanity project um for for al Altani, but, you know, and, and maybe he'll stick it around, but I don't think that they are going to look at these, these institutions and think, wow, we're really, you know, going to use these <laughs> to benefit us in our soft power campaign, right? Because they're in the middle of the situation where uh, they're being blockaded by the Saudis and they're surrounded by hostile countries and what they really want more than anything is for these people to just back off a little bit and... <laughs> They're not getting that, and they're not getting that out of the soccer. They're not getting that at all out of the soccer. In fact, if anything, they're getting more scrutiny of their own bad shit out of the mm-hmm. soccer, and not more people following like the fact like all of the Saudi bad shit. So, I, I would be very skeptical that Qatar, as as a foreign, as like as this state enterprise, would be in, involved <laughs> more in in this sport. Though I do think that they will continue to run and own PSG. Just the, the question is whether they're like really gonna gonna ever throw money around like that. Now the, now what it, when that you know, as it impacts Real Madrid, the obvious point and the obvious player that Madrid has been targeting is Mbappe, and so I think that will be a question that Madrid has to deal and and, and a situation Madrid has to navigate. Just not in the immediate like not this year, maybe next year. Yeah, so basically to sum up,
0: Qatar's Qatar's like their entire project has backfired basically. That and that gives that has given real incentive in addition to other things for Neymar to leave and it also means that Mbappe might be coming sooner rather than later though. Like you said it's not going to be now. I don't know why like I've seen a lot of people being like Thinking that this could happen this season, I don't know why anyone would think that. Keon was has been pretty vocal. Like remember, he went on being, you know, I, I think about a month back or something. Did you know a live video with Kay Murray and co, and he said zero percent chance of comes, which I think is pretty much spot on. So like, I, I don't know if there's anyone still out there wondering, but it's not going to happen this summer. It might happen later for the reasons that we've outlined.
1: Yeah. Um, Last thing I wanted to mention, um, there have been reports that Azard has refused to take number seven. Um, Interesting, fair. The number he's chosen is also very interesting, intriguing. Um, The report is that he's chosen number 23, which is a great number, especially in the United States. It would increase his profile here. (laughs) It would also, though, bring up inevitable comparisons to David Beckham, who a lot of Real Madrid fans view as a flop uh despite what he was not a think, flop. he was right not a despite flop. what a lot of uh, almost all of them at managing madrid staff would argue is incredibly unfair and david beckham was absolutely not a flop he was actually a very good player so um but i think it'd be very cool to see the number 23 rehabilitated and if azard wants that number i think good on him i mean i really wanted hazard to
0: have the number seven man like i i i mean he, he knew do whatever he wants right like i i guess you can't just mariano has also apparently rejected like 10 offers to leave real madrid so i don't know how you're gonna take number seven <laughs> away from him. but like you fucking
1: do it man that's <laughs> what you just do it just, it's all right cool you want to stay you won't go we're taking your number you get number <laughs> 99 now but like i just
0: just from like an aesthetic perspective forget everything else that gold jersey with the seven and hazards name like bro i I would buy the shit out of that jersey i'd buy like 10 of them because it just it would look so beautiful like with 23 yeah it is you know, so- it, if it was a basketball jersey maybe but it's a football jersey just looks so much different and it
1: just doesn't give me the same vibe man yeah, you gotta want you want you got you gotta get the single numbers or the low kind of teens the the issue is that I mean, I think Azard really should be given eleven, but it, as it becomes increasingly clear that Gareth Bale will not be moved this summer, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which you know what, I I stand, I stay I kind of stand Gareth Bale for that because he's just like, no, <laughs> you gave me a contract, I like playing here, I like living in this city, I don't want to go, like I don't want to go somewhere else. So sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But he really should be number eleven. But you know, I kind of get Azard's reticence to take that number. I also, I gotta tell you, man, I think I think there is a person down the road who who would fit that number real, real nice. And that's again Mbappe. Kylian Mbappe. Yeah, that would be a very sexy, 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 sexy person to wear that number. So with that, um, this. <laughs> I don't even know how to describe the show, but this incredibly dumb <laughs> show <laughs> about absolute, absolutely nothing and transfer rumors and all that goss – got to come to us with the goss by the way if you're an insider on in any of these things hit us up man managingmentrade at gmail.com you gotta drop us those lines Girl, we're gonna get so many random like you know the the people in lakers Reddit who are
0: all pretending to have insider knowledge and then Kawhi <laughs> goes to the fucking clippers and suddenly it's locked down you can't see <laughs> anything anymore all these people people were like oh yeah this guy knows more than woge all of them just delete their account. That's what's going to happen here.
1: Yeah, I love it. I want it. Um, we love to see it. That's what I'd like. I want to be that guy. Um, also, can we just really quickly say how how is it that there is a single guy that just reports all NBA trade movements? What, what's going on there? Can can, can someone – I mean well, it's, too, I it's the too end nice of our game. show. But why, why is it just – Well, really, it's just, whoa, watch the, like, that's it. Like Shams
0: Shams basically gets, it's basically them who like, they either, one of them reports it like two minutes before the, before the
1: other, like, like, why why I have, I don't know that I guess that's just a lot of professional. There are a lot of professional journalists. Like what, what's going on? Why is there only one guy who, who does all of this? It's incomprehensible. I don't get it. Someone explain it to me. Because I don't like. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. i, I, I <laughs> does Like, does he pay? Is he paying them? Like,
0: <laughs> what's going on? Gabe, you just you just transitioned to the outro, and then you're like, "Hey, let's bring up this topic that we can talk about for 45 minutes." I know. Um, <laughs> I I would just say I, I think. I know, I would just say I think it's just, you know, if you're going to be that insider guy, you're also probably never going to do anything to harm that team. So you can kind of be a mouthpiece. So yeah. I think maybe the club's looking at it that way, and there's maybe only a
1: couple guys you can trust, Woj and Shams, and that's pretty yeah. much it. Yeah, that's probably right. All right, everybody. Um, thanks for listening. <laughs> thanks for sticking through that discussion. That's just a thought that's been kicking around my head for a while. Oh, um, I'm sorry about Wimbledon. It was an incredible match, but it didn't end the way it should have. It did not. It did not. Uh, thanks for coming on and uh, BSing with me for uh, a solid half hour. Good talking to you. And uh, until next week, Ala Madrid. Ala Madrid
0: yeah i'm gonna take my horse to the old town road i'm gonna ride till i can't no more i'm gonna take my horse to the old town road i'm gonna ride till i can't no
1: more i got the horses in the back
0: horse stock is attached head is mad black got the boosters black to match riding on a horse been in the valley, you ain't been up off that porch now nah. Can't nobody tell me none.